You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Agarmer, and here with me, as usual, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. Gonna go right off the bat here. I'm sure you've seen the thumbnail, or if you're listening on audio, then uh, that thumbnail may not be there, but there will be something different there. Uh, we are going to talk about our games we've been playing, because I've been playing Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Fully aware of the terrible layoffs that have happened in Microsoft Division Blizzard, but we're going to start on a good note, and then we will talk about those. Uh, just don't want to like start on a dour note from the beginning and then have to transition to that. So we are going to talk about all that stuff, the Microsoft Division Blizzard layoffs, what impact this has for the industry, the, the terrible seemingly prognosis that we have for the industry this year uh, already, and... Uh, more layoffs at Riot Games and other places. Um, and then there's other other news that like Square Enix wanting to diversify their portfolio and lower the amount of games they release. And Nintendo Switch 2 has a possible screen size. And a net, again, people are talking about it might be releasing uh, this year and so on. So there's a lot of things to talk about Power World as well. Nintendo responded sort of vaguely to them. And a few other things. So uh, we'll get into all that and more right after. All right. So uh, really quickly here, let's get through the housekeeping. Uh, it's just because, you know, we got to do this. So that being said, uh, if this is your first time listening, 100th time listening, we do appreciate you. Uh, if you're watching as well, uh, whether that's live, which you could do so on Fridays around the 1230 to 1 p.m. Eastern time-ish time. Uh, you can also uh, watch it later on demand on the same places. So if you subscribe, WTM Network on YouTube, you get you can watch us, whether it's live or whether it's later uh, on demand there. Um, and you can also watch live on Twitch, WTM Network, Facebook, WTM Network, uh, Twitter, same thing. You can also watch on my Twitter, WTM Sean, and so on. So um, if you subscribe to the network on YouTube, you get not only what we do here, but we also have a great group of people that do entertainment stuff. So anytime there is a big movie that came out, they at uh, the relative broadcasting team, they do a great job of doing the review for said movie or, uh, you know, let's say a big TV show. Uh, they have the review for that. So um, they just did not too long ago the the Echo series review. Um, they, and, and they've done some other TV show stuff, like going back and looking at Sons of Anarchy and Disenchantment. So that's what they've been doing so far this week. Uh, also Otaku Cafe, uh, they rebranded from Talk to Keiki. They're the ones that do the anime, uh, for us looking at the new season every week. So yeah, that's, uh, the housekeeping along with the number. You can listen on podcasts as well. Just search for any of those places, rather your broadcasting video games to the max. Otaku Cafe, and you can listen on pods when we release it. It does show up later on pods uh, for us because I do try to edit the audio. So the YouTube is instant. As soon as this show is over, it's there. But as far as the audio, it does show up a little bit later, even sometimes tomorrow morning. So just letting you be aware of that. Anyway, let's get going. 
Uh, I guess I might as well start since I got the the big game of this week, even though I'm glad to hear, Mark, that you uh, just got the review code in. As tends to happen, when you are a game reviewer, you get it on the day of release. Wonderful when you get a big-ass game and you get it the day it released, so therefore it'll take you a whole two weeks or even more to play it and then reduce the amount of uh, helpfulness that the review does for your website. But uh, that's either here nor there. Talking about the game itself, which, you know, Mark is a bigger stalwart of the series than I am. Uh, I started basically with like, with uh, the first Like a Dragon and then kind of went backwards. I played a little bit of Yakuza 0 when it came out, uh, yeah. but really Like a Dragon was my, like, hook on the series. So this was a super big for me, because I, and I did play uh, Gaiden as well. So I've, I have familiarity with both uh, versions of Yakuza Like a Dragon, whatever you want to call it. Um, understandably why they're calling it like a dragon now because it's the name of the studio uh and in japanese and that's what they call it in japan so why not i think we all know uh what this game is about at this point but basically you continue on as ichiban in his next adventure and you start out actually in yokohama basically getting the hey this is what happened after uh, the original Like a Dragon ended, and this is where everybody's at. To be Ichiban as he's working at, at Hello Works, yeah. The um, I don't. I, we have a name for it here in Florida, and I don't really remember. I, I can't think of it at this moment. But it's basically like the we help you find a job, people. Yeah, employment agency. And but he's doing this for actually like all the displaced yakuza that he kind of sort of helped this place, and then also you know, was a part of dealing with the people that were trying to displace the Omi Alliance and Tojo and all that stuff, Arakawa family. Um, he's helping them find a job. And you kind of get, you get to know what he does straight off because one of these displaced Yakuza comes into the office and he's he messes with them uh, to find out what he's really there about. And... Then uh, you get the hilarity immediately, which is what makes Ichiban so awesome. I love that about him. He's so he's so funny. And then the whole crew is back as well. You immediately get to meet. Uh, oh my god, I can't think of it. Uh, his name, the policeman. Then you get to meet Namba pretty quickly afterwards as well. Um, and then uh, they all meet in a bar. Uh, Psycho is also there as well. And I haven't gotten to the part where you kind of start the. The whole thing where he winds up in Hawaii, which is you know what they showed off of right. the of the trailer, the first one that they showed at that Xbox showcase last year or two years ago. But um, so I haven't gotten to where you meet Kiryu or anything. I've actually they quickly go from the beginning to uh you have this hilarious moment where uh Ichiban is asking Psycho. Uh, or uh, they call her Sachan on a date. And you go through this whole process where um, your two friends, you know, the two guy friends are giving you advice and you use that as a way to decide what your personality is. What, 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 what personality upgrades you get for Ichiban at the beginning. Um, and then you actually go through the whole part of the date. And a lot of it is actually where you, where you're watching cutscenes and stuff, but, um, it's still um, it's still great. It kind of sets the scene, sets the mood. You do get to go and play a little bit of the the game, like where you go beat up people. 
And that's a little bit of what's changed in this game. Like the gameplay somehow got even better. They well, took yeah, like you have more direct control, like movement wise, and, and when you battle. Yes, you do. So they have this like little ring around your yeah. player character, and you actually get a proximity bonus. So you if you get right up in the guy's grill, you get a bonus when you do the normal attack, right? And then you can also, you know, you still do your skills and stuff like that. And they also have like team attacks now. So like uh, there's a part where you, you know, Psycho gets approached by somebody, uh, a, a bad guy on the date that you're on and you have to defend her as Ichiban. And this is where they do the team attacks and you can actually like knock back the other character and then the uh, your, um, your other, your secondary character will go and hit them. So uh, it adds like a lot of fun to it. Then they actually have like, team skills that they can do together like there's just already in the small bit that i've played of the gameplay part yeah, um, you just got like last it, night or you know yeah like literally it, it, the problem <laughs> is i get off immediately at midnight when the game releases i know it released early on steam uh for some reason that if you have it on steam you got to play it early uh but uh, so I basically tried to play for like an hour and then I was so tired that I just couldn't stay awake. And then I, I had stuff to do today, but I did, like I said, I played to the part where I did. So next week, Mark and I will be able to give more of a full, like, look at things that we've had, like a lot of time to play. I'm finally done with most, pretty much all of the moving that we've been able to do. So yeah, I'll be able to focus on actually playing the game and the, the fun, the, the other I've I've already heard people are like, wait, are you losing so much time to the Animal Crossing uh, thing that's in here? <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of excited to check it out and see what that's going to be like. And then, of course, all the other fun stuff that's in here, the Sujimon battle stuff that they added in here and uh, all the other mini games that are normally uh, in this thing. So uh, that's going to be fun. And I'm excited to Kiryu plays different. Also, like he has a hit special attack, like basically lets you play like how Yakuza used to be, <laughs> uh, where you get to basically just completely control him and do a bunch of combos and stuff. Uh, so that's already going to look awesome. And uh, it's also crazy that uh, Tekken 8 also came out today. Uh, so, you know, two longtime series coming out at the same time on the same day. Uh, pretty crazy, uh, quite frankly. But Thankfully, neither of us care about Tekken. So. Yeah, neither one. Yeah, we're, um, I may have, uh, you know, Carl, who we've had on the show before uh, from Outer Haven, he reviewed Tekken 8. So I might have him on like next week and see if um, he wants to give us some thoughts on the game. Uh, so that being said, I you know, I'll have a little more on Like a Dragon, but so far I'm enjoying it. Everything that I kind of liked about the first game, it's all here. I just got to yeah. actually, you know, get through that part. And then, you know, we, we'll be glad to talk about, talk that, talk about that with you. Um, now I know you've got the game. So, yep. Uh, all right. You, you know, the person you're waiting on still not there yet. No, no. I mean, it'll, I don't know when I'll actually show up. So just keep, yeah, it's on. Uh, the rest of the stuff, I only played like a teensy bit more, like teensy bit more Power World, teensy bit more remake as I kind of been able to. Uh, although now probably all my focus is going to be on Infinite Wealth until Persona 3 Reload comes out next week. So anything you want to talk about here? played a little more Far Cry 6 with Jens a few days ago. Uh, that game is funny because, you know, it's a straight, it's a pretty straight up, straight, straight up normal game. 
until yeah. we accidentally stumbled upon the Stranger Things mission. To, yeah. Or, like mini campaign. And neither of us knew what it, what it was. So all of a sudden this TV is talking to us and we're just thinking like, okay. And then right. we get to this base and this big, you know, one of the Stranger Things monsters pops up and it's like, okay, this is taking a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, we we you reviewed that game solo, yeah, but, but is it? This is before that. I, well, I mean, yeah. I think the movie came out like after I reviewed it or whatever. So right. Uh, I mean, is it? Does it do anything different uh, in you know, co-op or? It makes it a lot easier uh, because you know if you go down, uh, like let's say he goes down, I can go mm-hmm. over and revive him, or okay, I can just let him die and then he'll just respawn right in, right there anyway. <laughs> right. So that's kind of fun. And it yeah, makes like good. you know doing bases a lot easier. You know, the only other game I've been playing, and it's the hot. The other hot new release of the year is Team Fortress Two. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to like that game like way back in the day, right? Uh, and I, I played a few missions, and I was I was playing that. And I'm like, wow, it's amazing how a this still feels like really good and like plays well, mm. and also b it's amazing how how much more bloated and unnecessary Overwatch Two is. Right. Because, you know, Team Fortress 2 has nine characters or nine classes. That's fine. You don't need 40 characters. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, it was a shit show. You know, I got in some, like, some, I think a 12 versus 12, maybe 16 versus 16, you know, map or, you know, and everyone right. was playing. Like, it wasn't like bots or anything. Like, we were all, all human players. I'm like, hey, this is still kind of popular. Good for Team Fortress too. It helps a lot that you know the direct competitor is is kind of not liked now, especially right. that Overwatch Two basically nullified Overwatch One. So yeah, and all the goodwill it generated. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Microsoft goodwill, <laughs> I, exactly. Uh, speaking of Microsoft goodwill, I'm actually going to talk about something that's actually Positive. a one good thing that Microsoft did first, because there's really no way to transition to that later. Once you talk about the really, 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 really terrible thing, um, and also shows how terrible this is that like they actually did a really cool, good thing, and then they completely made that seem like it means nothing with the announcement that just happened literally yesterday. Um, yesterday being uh, Thursday, just in case you're watching this way later, um, they Xbox actually kind of sort of went back to the. Xbox Live Arcade days for a little bit and announced that they are going to do an ID at Xbox Indie Selects uh, thing, which I've been wishing they did something like this for a long time because there are so many freaking indies that come out all the time. ID at Xbox has literally hundreds of them. They had their own showcase because they have so many. And not even just like, they get lost on Game Pass. Can you imagine on the actual Microsoft Store how they can get lost? And yeah. having something that highlights them weekly um, is great. Uh, so every Wednesday on dedicated channels, um, there's going to be one for recent release games, one for uh, one that's like a weekly theme, one that's for all over the world. And uh, ones that like you can pre-order and things like that, and like uh, things that players can wish list, and then based on like how players react to these games and what they do, uh, they'll have like a top indie games, and the special collection will then 
lead to uh, getting published on their Xbox Wire website. And then those developers will receive like a digital award for having kind of like, oh, hey, a lot of people liked your game. Let's give you an award for that. Um, that's great. And look, the more visibility we can give for indies is amazing. Uh, so, oh, that's awesome that Xbox is doing something like that. Um, and and they're not just doing it like brand new games. They also do it for like, you know, older games as well. So that helps like kind of expand the visibility of that. And that's wonderful. The thing is that unfortunately, and it's very sad that the biggest announcement we have had, uh, aside from the whole Ubisoft getting the cloud streaming rights to Activision Blizzard, is in fact this, that Microsoft decided to lay off 1,900 people, mostly from Activision Blizzard and then also some from the Xbox uh, gaming division. There is some folks from the Bethesda teams as well, but it's nowhere near the amount that it, uh, you know, that's from Activision Blizzard or Xbox itself. And basically they kind of view this as redundancies. Like we don't need two of the same, like we already have a customer service team. Uh, we don't need so many of those people. I mean, also, we're going to like outsource customer service. So we don't really need that. Um, there, there is some yeah. logic. Like I'm sure Activision has its own like payroll system or whatever, or, you know, like account accounting department. Right. Like, why does micro? Why you know? Why would Microsoft need that when they have their own people? I would say customer service is a little more iffy because, like, Activision has a lot more like kind of live service games or right. potentially live service games. Like, wow, you kind of need. But the weird thing is, it's not like they're using Xbox people to then right. put them in those roles. They're just like saying, "Oh, we're going to outsource that completely," and that's weird. Like. If you're going to do that, why couldn't you just keep those people in those roles then? Um, and also, it's just, especially when you get the terrible news, like literally, I think like hours before they announced this, that Microsoft is now valued at $3 trillion. That rings all these statements by Phil Spencer, especially the one by Matt Booty, that absolutely feels tone deaf, where it's like, basically trying to say oh we're so sorry and you know we know that there's people that have been directly impacted by these reductions um we're proud of everything they accomplished here uh we're we're going to give severance but basically like the severance we're giving is the bare minimum of what we need to do due to the laws and all this like literally it's like yo uh it's the same stuff we hear every time at least they didn't give us the mumbo jumbo about how we need to. Uh, Matt Booty did it. Phil Spencer didn't really do it, but it's like, oh, we needed to restructure or whatever. They Phil Spencer basically just says, look, we identified areas of overlap, aka redundancies, and you know ensured that they align with our best opportunities for growth and all this junk. Look, it. Uh, some of this is inevitable, right? Like when you have mergers or takeovers or acquisitions of this size yeah there's no way you can keep everyone and i get it and this is terrible look it's terrible there is no way around saying anything but this is terrible um unfortunately this is what happens when you have these acquisitions it's just bethesda the bethesda ones didn't come until way later right yeah. They'd already put them into the team. They would already announce that they were working on games, things like that. This is like 
wow, we haven't even announced one thing that's going on Game Pass. We haven't even really announced like one thing that we're doing with Activision Blizzard except this. And it's like really sucks. Like, wow, man. Like, this is your first announcement that we're laying off people, you know? Um starting starting off on the on the right foot. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. What did you think when you saw this? I mean I, I mean I expected it. I guess it's kind of a lot. I mean I didn't expect it to be that many, or you know, basically, I think it's like eight percent of the company. Right. But again, a lot of it's like, okay, what does Activision need for publishing anymore, really, or like a, you know, publishing department? I'm kind of more surprised that the other, some of the other stuff, like the Microsoft getting rid of their physical media team. Yeah, I, I want to preface this by saying that uh, the Jess Corden, who who like really reported on that, uh, backtracked immediately, saying that we don't need to assume that that means that they're never doing physical media again or or whatever like you know they didn't, i mean you kind yeah. of can because look at their trash can con you know that thing that right but that that i mean there's also rumors that that got canceled and they're just going to push on to the next xbox they're not even going to do that so um we don't know yet like i agree with you that yeah could this happen the Hellblade 2 announcement isn't, you know, the most yeah. uh, en- encouraging thing, but they didn't announce this for every single game that they showed off at the developer direct either, right? Um, like, if you're going to tell me that Indiana Jones is not going to have a physical release, uh, I'd be kind of worried there because that's that's going to be the thing that people see that in the store and they go, oh, there's an Indiana Jones game. I didn't know that. Let me buy this or let me go look into it or whatever. Like that still helps. I know we don't get as much foot traffic in stores anymore uh, like that, but, and, well, and, and Best Buy and Walmart are trying to actively get rid of their physical game, physical stuff. But, you know. Yeah. I went to a Best Buy re- a few days ago and their DVD section where they said, so. <laughs> yeah. Everything, everything except for like, Electronics is uh, an absolutely sad sight, and that yeah, they had, they had a ton of exercise bikes, but not you know no DVDs. Yeah, actually, like they have a million TVs. You know, um, I, I forgot to mention I did get my TV, so I have a TV in my own room now. I got the LG's OLED, which is a awesome TV, the forty-two inch. So whenever I do get my new laptop, I guess I could also consider using it as a gaming monitor. Um, but yeah, glad to have a TV in that room now, so I can game whenever i want but it's it's a cool uh really cool tv never had an oled before but (laughs) digressing um look i feel it's uh, yeah i'd say the more i mean the physical media stuff is kind of not surprising but the more the somewhat more surprising stuff was the like blizzard stuff yes the the the, uh canceling their survival game odyssey I, i didn't see that as surprising yeah uh because the problem with Blizzard really is they're a pretty slow moving company. And, you know, look how fast this Pal World game came out. You know, well, A, it kind of, kind of came out of nowhere, but B, right. like most survival games, like they need to be iterated on quickly. Mm-hmm. And Blizzard isn't really well known for that. And I thought, I mean, I think they should have canceled it, kind of no question. But I think the reasoning was like, oh, we're going to focus on. I think like I think they said like more lucrative or like more lucrative franchises or like some like or 
something like that, some corporate speak like that. And it's like, yo dog, like of, of the five franchises you have, only one of them is like half healthy. The other four are on life support or, or are pretty much dead in the water. So good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, wow, I they, mean, they just had another game that came out like a few days ago in Shrouded that's already doing well on Steam as well. That's a survival craft. So, yeah. like, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And that's the thing that is being reported by Bloomberg is that their engine that they're using to make this game is so, like, it's going to take a while before it's ready. Yeah. That by the time they release this game, survival crafts may not be anywhere near as popular as they are right this month, right? Or have been, yeah, right. I mean, the, uh, the bigger issue, kind of, is, you know, Blizzard used to be known for, if not being like original, at least iterating on something very well. You know, it's not like they didn't like make the first MMO, but right. you know, World of Warcraft, but they became was, the MMO. Yeah, it iterated right. on like EverQuest and Ever uh, and some other stuff, and you know it was such a polished product that yeah, it became the de facto standard. And even like Overwatch One when that came out, like it's like yeah, there are other hero-based shooters at the time, but you know this this is colorful and is like really well balanced and you know et cetera. Now it right. just seems like they're chasing trends without having any like want or passion or anything about wh- why they're doing it. So right. yeah, it's like. Yeah, Diablo 4 is, I guess, kind of doing okay, and WoW is fine, but Hearthstone is, you know, on life support, Overwatch 2 is a disaster, uh, and that's about all they got. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I assume that Full Spencer's going to try to do something to bring back StarCraft, but that's way down the line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and you're also, right like, that. Their games are kind of, uh, or at least they used to be known for, like, story-based, narrative-based games, and it's like, there's not a ton of those you know unless it's like you know the long dark or something like survival games are kind of at odds with story-based games right i mean look there's a lot of people that are there for them look at how minecraft still is is doing right. its thing um power world just continues to explode like it's up to eight million i think the last time i saw it uh, sales obviously it helps that that game is 27 dollars um and has the the pokemon sort of monsters around it that also yeah. kind of get people into the controversy that's been going on with that. We'll get that. We'll get into that more like later. Uh, getting back to this really quick, or whatever. Getting back to this, uh, the the layoffs thing. Just because I think we should also be understanding that uh, this is January 2024, and every single week we have done a show, I have talked about somebody getting laid off. Where the cause. Uh, like it's it's not just Microsoft. Uh, there yeah, are I mean, other companies that we're going to talk about in this show that laid off folks. Yeah, um, um, Riot, the Humans Team. Riot. Yeah, the Black Force Games laid off. Embracer laying off more people. Who knew? Fifty uh, percent of the Black Force Games. <laughs> yeah. Um, at Riot Games. Riot Games closed an entire studio. That the the team that is uh riot fours that they're the ones that work with external studios to make all those league of legends games like the ruin king and and others uh that entire studio closed they closed it down because they were spending too much money on that and not getting enough in return and so they had to figure out a way to 
they they tried other ways to to save money and then they got to the point where like nothing was saving them money so they they had to do the layoffs which is like 530 people and then they had to close that entire studio as well yeah. um which sucks and and also like people can fly the people that made outriders and bullet storm they lost people as well this week but the the whole point that i just mentioned about closures i wanted to kind of look at it at a more macro level for a little bit of this is just going to keep happening to this year and they games industry.biz had a has a wonderful article by uh christopher during uh where he talks about the game industry leaders braced for up to two years of pain and the first person that gets interviewed here uh, CEO of a public company said, if 2023 was the year of layoffs, 2024 will be the year of closures, not just developers of publishers, media, service companies, etc. There are just too many unprofitable businesses and video games. We're looking at up to two years of pain. Um, that's a nice rosy picture. <laughs> that, yeah, it's a terrible picture. Uh, he goes on to say later uh, in this uh, article that, you know, other people have have you know grabbed a publisher talks about there's too many games that were greenland in 2020 and 2021 we need to get to pre-pandemic levels in terms of the release schedule and that's probably going to take two years because another thing that they've been talking about is that there's too many games coming out uh there are just too many unprofitable businesses of video games period yeah. uh yeah that that sucks i mean they you know, they talk about you can already see publishers signing fewer games. Uh, stores are saturated, not just seeing me talking about digital stores. And the games aren't delivering the levels they were. That's, I don't know. Yeah, last year was an outlier on that. So I don't know if we can we can say that they're not delivering. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, if you look at the, like, thousands of games that are released on Steam all the time. Yeah, if you look at an average of those, most of them are not delivering, right? If you're going to go, but like a lot of those people are also just making games because they want to make games. They're not making games to try to uh, like, Oh, we want to be the next power world. Right. Um, studios not grew enough. too quickly during the pandemic and people are spending less money on games during a cost of living crisis. The bubble is sadly bursting. I hope it creates new startups to revolutionize how we develop games as a president for larger studios to follow. Layoffs are concerning because they don't seem to be following the typical cynical trend of layoffs after project ships. Not that that was great either, but it's hard to predict these days where and when layoffs might happen. Like, I think we've talked about this several times. We're already, if not at the level, we're like really close to already surpassing 2023 in layoffs. Well, no, we're like half. And, yeah, I mean, but listen, but we're I mean, in January, it's, it's, Mark. Yeah, I was going like, to say, yeah. <laughs> We have the whole year to pass that, and we're probably going to pass it by a lot. And it's sad, and it sucks, and I hate seeing this every single time. And it's like when the trillion dollar, when the three trillion dollar company does it, can you imagine what will happen with these smaller companies that definitely don't have the money to keep these? And it's like all these people that are out of work, and it just absolutely sucks. Like you think you're going to go to a better place from Activision Blizzard to Xbox, and then so many of these people don't even get to see what that's like before they get laid off. Like there was one story I was reading on, on X of this guy had just started with Blizzard like four months ago. He moved to California. Yeah. I've seen a few of those. Yeah. All that. And then, Oh, he's gone. And it's like, damn, that is so sad. And it sucks. 
you know, and um, not to keep repeating the same thing. I don't want to do that, but it's just, I want to emphasize that like nobody is trying to point, you know, pose a rosy picture about acquisitions or say, this is good, or this is great or whatever. Eventually we will get to the point where they start announcing things that have to do with this merger and we will look beyond this and I know people are going to bring it up, but it, you know what, this is good because if we ever do have another large scale acquisition like this, whoever it's from, this will now be a topic of conversation instead of, well, let's look at all the cool things that are going to happen because of this, because now we know we see the reality of look at the really bad things that happen. Because, But on the other side of it, Activision Blizzard did say that they were going to have some severe issues if this deal didn't go through. So in some ways, this probably would have happened, maybe not on this larger scale, but some of this would have happened anyway. So, you know, again, the video game industry has to like go through a lot of this to be able to figure out what it's going to do in the future. Because like they said, they got too much unprofitable stuff going on. Now, listen, uh, I'm number one for the executives need to start taking the bullet for this. Uh, they're not doing that. Unfortunately, this is this is capitalism, and that's what happens. We can cry till the till the cows come home that that's what they need to do, but they're not going to do it unless somebody I mean, is there forcing them to do. You know, yeah, well, they're not going to do it, but like Awada did it when he, you know. When yeah, the, but again, like Nintendo is such an outlier. Like that, that's the thing. I there'd be nice if more people adopted the Awada stance and said, "Okay, we're going to lower how much we make so we can keep more of these people." Or we're yeah. gonna we're gonna take the bullet and we're gonna like demote ourselves or whatever the 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 thing is for them. unfortunately I mean, that's that's not what's happening here. It, it's a I, you're you're more the Xbox cheerleader than I am, but it's a massive way to like screw up the goodwill and perception of the company. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, Phil can say know. like, oh, you know, we want everyone to game together. It's like, yeah, except for all the unemployed people he just laid off. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if this was in the contingency at all. But, like, I don't know why Microsoft, with all the money they have, why couldn't they do what Sony did, right? Where they put a certain amount of the acquisition from, from Bungie was money tied back to keep people around. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't know because that's a studio. It's not an entire publisher. That's a whole different deal, right? They're not serving the same roles as a lot of these people that got laid off were, but like, why couldn't that have been done? At least to keep them around for a while until, and you can go ahead and tell them, Hey, listen, you might want to start finding a job, but, but you're still going to have one for a certain amount of time. Like, I don't, you know, like instead of this sudden, like, Oh, Hey, you guys no longer have a job, by the way, like, yeah, at least at least with the riot when they got they got six months of severance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least you can give ten cent that credit. You know, they give him six months severance. We don't know how much severance the Microsoft people are are getting. Um, the only good thing is in California, apparently, you can get unemployment along with your severance, so yeah. you can get double the money, I guess, for a while. And the thing is, most people can't afford to be unemployed that long in that state because it's so expensive to live there, uh, and. I mean, the only the the good thing about this the gaming industry is that people immediately start trying to help other people find jobs. Like you'll see it all over X, uh, Twitter, whatever. You'll see it all over social media. People 
saying that they want to uh, help them find a job. Hey, here's a studio that's hiring some folks. Here's a studio that's hiring yeah. folks. Like that's really good to see that the, the industry itself does try to help its employees just wish that the corporations themselves tried to do more to do that. Um, there is a silver lining here though. The P the, the folks in the CWA union that have formed with Activision Blizzard and, you know, Microsoft has had to accept none of them were one of the ones that were uh, let go. So I don't know if it will do anything or not, but it does give you some kind of hope that perhaps if we, if uh, the workers try to unionize more, maybe you will see less of this, or at least you will see fighting for better severance and fighting for better uh, benefits and things for, for them, even if they need to get laid off. Yeah. So on a union. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Wherever, however you feel about that, it does show that these unions do serve a purpose in here. And that is good to see that that was honored and that none of those people, now I don't know how long it'll take if if they do wind up. I hope not. I hope not. Uh, but if, they, if this is just like a, hey, we did it for now, but it doesn't mean that we won't, you know, rule it out in the future. Uh, just get ready. But yeah, man, again, look, this all sucks. Um, I don't think we need to really dive that much into the other ones. Um, but there was a lot of layoffs. Microsoft one was just like a huge hit to like, Oh my God, this is a huge problem. Yeah. And it's going to get worse. So there's really not a way to uh, transition from that, but we're going to transition to talking about another company here. Uh, Square Enix uh, has discussed that they want to slim down their games lineup. Uh, this is, of course, from President Takashi Kiryu, who um, said that, you know, there is now limited diversity. They need to get more diverse with their lineup. Uh, you know, they they had the hits like Power Wash Simulator. that kind of came out of nowhere and became like a small hit for them. Uh, apparently, Final Fantasy 16 did meet expectations. What a miracle, Mark. They actually mentioned the words meeting expectations that's good. It's a, it's a Japanese game, so. <laughs> um, you know, but like, what what do you see as far as like Square Enix? Like, it feels like they got better from the deluge of games they released in twenty twenty two, but they still have some issues there. Like, what do you see from that perspective? Like, what they released and where you think they could get better? Uh they got to give people what they want. You know, I mean, people. Damn, you're begging for, you know, remakes of Parasite Eve or Vagrant Story. And so you get crap like that symbiogenesis NFT garbage. And, right. you know, it's like, what are you guys, you know, what are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, and, you know, I know you like it, that Ever Crisis game, but you had to imagine that'll be shut down in like three months, in like six months or a year. Yeah, yeah. Or- Especially <laughs> after they shut down, what is it, the the fighting one, which I can't remember right now. The city? What it's called. The city, yeah, they they're shutting down the near one. Yeah, the uh, near. Well, they said the stories run run out on that, or yeah, they're just yeah. I mean, I I guess it's good that they're shutting it down before you know it, it gets like way too long in the tooth or whatever. But like, still, I don't know, man. It just it sucks to see this. Like honestly, Ever Crisis. Like, I guess they hope that when Rebirth comes out, you're gonna get a huge amount of people wanting to play that game. But I don't know. Right. Um, I don't see a long shelf life for this game. Like they just, like I said, I, I like a week ago they just added Yuffie. Um, 
the 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 story of the first soldier thing is interesting, but you know, it's like I don't know what they can really do to keep people around, and and the gotcha stuff is just so overbearing at times too. But well, like I know you're excited yeah. for it, but like and that I don't think that foam stars thing is gonna like do well at all. Yeah, it might do fine. Like I mean, it'll, it'll do definitely well. do well at first. It'll do well for the like the initial months or two that it's free. But yeah. them trying to convert the people that into pain because I don't think you, you don't get to keep that game, do you? I think it's just like a big long. Like, no, I, you do. I mean, it's PlayStation Plus, so it's a monthly game. So yes, you do get to keep it if you get it oh, on I, PlayStation Plus. But like no, the first okay, game I, after that first month, it, it won't be. Right. Okay. I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was like you, you kept it for like two months or something, and then they were like, "Okay, now I got to pay for it." But I mean, that's better because I mean, that's, that's just like what Rocket League did. So that might might help, but. Yeah. You know, who knows? <laughs> I I do hope so, just because, again, like, the more different games they can make to help them subsidize the games that people really want to see uh, is is good, right? Like, Power West Simulator was an underrated hit for them, uh, and they got to release DLC for it. They got to put it on a bunch of different consoles. You know, it was on Game Pass. Uh, like, all that stuff helped with that game, right? Um, and like that you did see the slimming down of this from like last year or not last year but like 2022 they had that September to October to November window where they just released like a gazillion games in yeah. one window and it was like what are you doing nobody has time to play like even one of these let alone 6 or 7 and right. all of them are full price it's like what are you doing Right, but and like half of them are like farming games. <laughs> yeah, you had the farming game, you had Star Ocean, you had Valkyrie Elysium, you had like you had a franchise that people actually wanted to come back. But when you release them all at once, nobody has time to to play them all or whatever. You know, like that's the thing that's so weird about that decision. But they've learned from that because you know they had the. The whatever you want to call it with Forspoken, which seems like people are kind of coming around on that game now. Uh, you know, which you were trying to tell people from the beginning that the game's not yep. as bad as everybody as uh, always. I'm correct. To... Yeah. <laughs> uh Theater Rhythm came out, did well. Octopath Traveler 2 did amazing as far as like critical reception. I think it still did well sales-wise decently. Uh Paranormal Sight was loved by critics that came in in March, but it, you know, it's it's a lower tier game. And that's kind of fine. It's like a visual Navi type game. Like they don't release a ton of those. So they had the Pixel Remasters in April. Then they had Final Fantasy 16. Then there was a long wait uh, for a while until you had uh, Second Story R, um, Ever Crisis. Obviously, they did have the bad uh, Dragon Quest Infinity Strash game at the end of September. But most of the games that they released last year were really well received. Even Dragon Quest Monsters. That came out December first sold really well. Yeah. So their games are selling. They're doing well. It's just like he says, they gotta. They can't just go for the big hit game franchises. They gotta find these like smaller hits um, that can get people going. That aren't just RPGs, right? Because they are an RPG factory, uh, and that's great. But I I agree with them. You gotta have the different games to get people. Uh, to get people hooked on I mean, there and then maybe try RPG. 
they're an RPG factory, but that's kind of almost a negative as well because it's like all their games start looking the same or, you know, like start having some of the same features. And it's okay. Uh, I don't want to do farming this one. What, what makes you think I want to do farming the other one too? <laughs> well, not just that, right? Like, we're talking about RPGs. Like, okay. Uh, so you had Octopath Traveler 2, which is a totally turn based RPG. Uh, but so were the pixel remasters because they're old, right? Yeah. Uh, you had the music game. Okay, that's different. But then you had the auction RPG with Final Fantasy 16. But then you had the sort of pseudo action RPG, turn based RPG with a second story R. So it's like, and then you had the, the Pokemon game with Dragon Quest Monsters. But like, that's not really far enough different, right? You're, there's still RPGs. Like, okay, maybe you like action over turn based, but it's still like sort of the same game. So it's like, okay, well, we know Square Enix. Oh, it's an RPG. Okay. Like, I think I kind of get his point of let's try to make, oh, Foam Stars. That's a hit. Okay, cool. Uh, Firewall Simulator. Okay, cool. Like, let's let's make a different genre of game uh, to get other types of people in the door. And then we can still have our Final Fantasy 14s and Visions of Mana and all that stuff that's coming this year. And this year, they have a really, really s- small schedule right now. They have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming. Wow, we're talking about a month from now. It's crazy yeah. how time has flown already. Um, Foam Stars, like a week after, but that's such a different game that, you know, that's a different kind of people playing that. Yeah, that is, uh, they that don't really, <laughs> they don't run into each other, right? Um, then in April, you have the Saga, the new Saga game, Saga Emerald Beyond. And then we don't know when Visions of Mana is coming out. We don't know when the Final Fantasy XIV expansion is coming out, but that's it, you know? Uh, yeah. There's that Kingdom Hearts mobile game, but that's again, it's a mobile game. And that again, that's it. Like we don't know. So right. there's a lot that they need to like show us. Like they they and when are these games gonna come out if they do announce a bunch of stuff? Like, so they've already kind of slimmed down the amount of games that they release. It's just now you gotta like open that up to different games. We'll uh we'll see how that goes. Uh I didn't realize that Scott was um Commenting, thank you, uh, Siska, for watching live uh, there on Twitch. He did mention, I forgot to mention this too, that uh, Destruction All-Stars, uh, they did that with the PS Plus thing, and that game was was not good. Yeah, they also did that with Onrush, like that interesting racing game. Like, it came out first as like, a retail product, and then no one bought it, and then they tried to put it in yeah. the PlayStation All-Stars, and then still no one bought it. So, <laughs> Look, Scott, I wanted to like Harvestella too, but they had some issues with that <laughs> That game uh, namely, the like saving system sucked. Uh, so you would get all the way deep into the thing, and then you have to start all over again the next day and get to the point. And they had like little save spheres or whatever, but it's like it just it wasn't well done. Uh, a lot of the farming stuff kind of felt like very simple. Um, it's like they it's like a good first version of that. Like I don't know if they'll have a Harvestella two at one point, and maybe they can iterate on all those things, but. At least for a, it was fine for like a first version, but it wasn't like the best of that. Like they, they it's not like destroying Rune Factory or anything like that right now, you know. So uh, if they can make, I don't know if if they'll do another Harvestella and fuck no, uh, but <laughs> you know, maybe maybe if they can get a second version going and, and improve upon that, we could we could call it a a really good game. But I, you know, hey, I'm glad you liked it. Um, moving on from that, uh, it's one that I found a little bit interesting before we get into the Nintendo stuff. 
Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2, Dev Hideaki Itsuno, says that his opinion of fast travel is that if you don't like, if you're choosing fast travel, it's because your game is boring. Um, so he says that devs need to do a better job of trying to make travel in their games more exciting by, like, you know, divvying up when enemies show up and things that you see on the way. And they have a uh, a kind of a weird fast travel system that's like yeah, yeah, stuff can crazy. happen to you. <laughs> um, if I mean, Dragon's you, Dogma if had yeah, the first one had fast travel to an extent. It wasn't like right. great or anything. Uh, this is like very backwards thinking. <laughs> it almost feels like Oregon Trail kind of like, hey, uh, you can automate this, but if you want to, stuff's going to happen to you and then you're going to have to like go into the battle and fight the griffin that comes in and destroys your entire card. Yeah. Um that kind of sounds like fun, but I can also get to the I can also see where that gets annoying after a while. Yep. Like yeah. I don't know. I mean Dragon's Dogma yeah. one, like they didn't it had a it had a like I yeah. didn't play it, but I remember the reviews were basically like, you know, it has an interesting looking world, but it's right. completely shallow and empty. So good job. Or they didn't give you a reason to ex- explore it all, you know? Yeah, it's not like Zelda. It's not like Tears of the Kingdom or something, or like Spider Man or anything like that. So they can have this big ass open world like Skyrim or whatever, but you got to populate with interesting stuff, and that's where they failed in the first one. <laughs> yeah, so let's hope that that's what they're aiming at with this one is that they're going to put more interesting stuff uh, yeah. that will make you not want to fast travel, even though they're they're kind of penalizing you for fast traveling too because there's either like a Fairy system, and you have to have so many of these like fairy stones. Yeah, crystal. Or, yeah, but also yeah. like what? Ha- okay, what happens if you pick up a quest and it's like halfway, halfway, or you know, across this goddamn map? It's like, oh, I got to run over there, spend two hours getting over there to you know to do it, and then two hours getting back to turn it in or whatever. It's like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I'm excited for that game too. And and Scott mentions that this probably means that we're gonna have some like. Uh, really cool like dragon mounts or whatever you know um which you know hope so hope that's what this means but yeah i don't think that that we should be like hating on fast travel also makes it to where it's not that your game is boring it also helps me like get through the game faster yeah. uh you know it, there's times where you you know you get to the parts in the game where you're kind of like oh my god i just want to get through this so i can get to the like oh, the next interesting story what part. Ha- like yeah. what what happens if you're like far away or you know in an isolated area and i said okay i'm now i'm out of health potions it's like great yeah i can run back you know restock or whatever it's like no i'd rather just bop out of here go to the town get some more and and also possibly die right like you could also possibly die and then who knows where you're restarting um you know he mentions uh that it would have sucked in 16 if there was no fast travel for that game yes i agree I, I mean, would have sucked. That's the problem with that game is all it is is fast travel. <laughs> yeah, partially. But imagine if you did have to like even with the chocobo, uh, go through and and like go from land to land, and it would take you forever, um, to get there because you keep running into enemies or whatever the the reason is. Like, yeah. Uh, I I I just think that like you should always give people the option. I don't think that we need to like tell people that your game is boring because it has fast travel fast travel is actually good it's a good way to help people 
want to experience more of your game because yo if it takes me forever to get to the other side of the map that i need to do to get to this thing i'm more likely to be like ah you know what yeah well i think i'm done with this for today you know like like, doing it one time is fine but you know if you have to make that journey 30 or 40 times and you're taking the same path all all the way out there and back like i don't even want to think about what it would have been like in and xenoblade had this problem sometimes where these maps are so huge yeah. They, you're literally going from one end of the map to the other end to go find either an enemy you need to kill for a quest or some quest that you need to, or some item you need to find or whatever. And it's like, oh my God, just let me freaking fast travel to this thing over here. And I don't have to go way across the map and take forever to get over there. And it's like, Yo, you know, we don't need to make these things all into pseudo MMOs or whatever. Just but hey, if this is what he wants to tell you that that he wants you to travel more in your game, cool. If you make it interesting, fine. I will praise you for your travel elements. But if it's boring, I'm gonna sit here and tell you that Dragon's Dogma 2 uh suffers from the same problem that he's sitting there talking about. So uh just beware if you're gonna say this, you better hope to God that Dragon's Dogma 2. It's not boring when you travel. Just be aware of that, uh, Capcom, before you go around uh, saying things like this. So moving on from Capcom to another Japanese company, uh, probably probably the uh, next to PlayStation, the biggest Japanese company that we talk about all the time, Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo had another leak happen about the uh, presumed Switch 2. Uh, Still don't know if it's going to be called the Switch 2 or not, but whatever. It is what we're calling it right now for the moment. Um, the oh, Switch 2 quick. is apparently going to have an 8-inch LCD screen. So the rumors have been a long time that they would go back to the LCD screen because it's cheaper to make. Uh, it makes it allows them to make the system more cheaper. Uh, the price is cheaper, letting more people get into the system at the beginning. And then, of course, they can charge you for an OLED a year or two later or three years later, whatever they want to do. Um, and then also it's apparently going to be one inch bigger than the OLED currently is. Uh, does this bother you? I was talking to somebody in a discord for one of the podcasts that I like a lot. Um, and he was saying that he hates this. He hates the fact that Nintendo is going backward and that they should offer an OLED and OLED should be the only version that they have and just make it a premium price, make it 450, make it 500. We're used to playing that for consoles. Just, hey, why don't you just make that the screen? Um, I said, well, why don't we just have two SKUs? And why don't we have a more premium version with the OLED? And then if we want the cheaper version, you can do that with the uh, the LCD regular Switch. I think it's better than having a Switch Lite that, that hardly anyone uses. I know uh, one, uh, you know a friend of ours, uh, Scott, that also works with the Outer Haven, uh, she just bought a, um, a Switch Lite because they, they travel a lot, whatever. But that's a very, um, you know, unique use case. I don't think that that's everybody traveling using that that would need the Switch Lite. Uh, but still, Mark, like, does this bother you at all if you really wanted to switch the fact that they're going backwards as far as the screen? No. Because, yeah, like, they, they're not going to make it. They don't make premium consoles or, you know, this guy's talking about. And they're not yeah. going to release a $500 Switch, like the Steam Deck or, you know, whatever. Because, yeah, with the OLED Steam Deck now. So that's not going to ever happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
because they they still want to be seen as like the family console or the you know the I wouldn't say kitty console, but you know what I'm you know you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, they they're they're the more affordable console. They're the more the console that's for everybody. We're not just the hardcore gamers, right? We're the we're the fa- the everybody can go and play this console, right? Since the Wii, that's really when uh, been what they wanted to focus on, uh, and more power to them because. Well, they, they're about to break the... They could possibly break the PS2 record for the total sales of any console ever uh, with the Switch 1. I'm not saying they're going to do that with the Switch 2 because obviously if it's the same concept, they may wear thin at that point. Um, but... And we don't know if they're going to have a gimmick with this thing or not. I, I get it, right? Like, I think people need to just... I, I get that everybody wants Nintendo to like, oh my God, I wish we had a Nintendo with PS5 graphics. I do too. Trust me. I'd love to see what Mario or Zelda or any of the big franchises would look like if they had PS5 graphics. I think we all would. But this is the reality of Nintendo, right? Uh, as Scott pointed out, they this is more for the casual audience. Um, if they only had the premium option, it would turn people off, right? Well, um, I mean, in the, in the long run, you can just wait until Microsoft buys Nintendo and then they laugh me about it. No, and please this, don't. Switch, no, switch that's, premium that's, console. That's not even a joke we need to have. <laughs> um but you know yeah I, sometimes i wonder if it's more likely that microsoft would sell their game division to nintendo and then microsoft buy nintendo um the way that they are sometimes with that with that thing but yeah you know look uh, i think we're we kind of just need to face the facts this is what nintendo is going to be i don't know what their gimmick could be after they if we ever get past the switch you know like what they could do that's uh, I know there's a rumor going around that people kind of want to see like dual screens on the Switch too. That I guess would dumb. make it more like the 3DS or the DS or something. Um, I don't know. I got, I got the solution. Yeah. It's called the Virtual Boy too. No, we already have uh, Apple doing that. You know, you're gonna go pay your three thousand five hundred dollars for that, Mark? No, <laughs> they haven't announced anything for that thing. So. Yeah, they still. I saw a lot of people are still try, or like the things that I saw was like, okay, there's a game there, but we're also trying to get people to use this for work, and it's like, yo, when are y'all gonna get it that people do not want to wear this thing on their head to work? I don't. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like, I guess we got to just keep doing the the same thing over and over until it just stops. Um, but there was there was also a trend I think I saw that like, according to like that MetaQuest app that you have to download in order to register your MetaQuest 3 or 2 or whatever you have, there's like been way less downloads of that thing. So it makes it seem like uh, they're getting a lot less MetaQuest sales than they have been. So there was a lot of talk about maybe VR is starting to peak as well. I peaked um, two years ago. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's no one told Meta, so they keep putting stuff out. But yeah, the yeah. Quest 3 didn't do well. and Exactly. Broke one, yeah. Um, Nintendo also issued a statement involving, uh, you know, Power World, even though they don't mention Power World directly. Um, they said that, uh, the Pokemon company has issued a statement saying it would look into infringement of its intellectual property after having received inquiries regarding another company's released game in January 2024. We have not granted any permission for the use of Pokemon intellectual property or assets in the game. We intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on electoral property rights related to the Pokemon. Um, I don't know if you've seen this at all, Mark, uh, Power World. Uh, and... A little. I mean, I know the story, but 
I know like some some yeah. of the pal world pals have like similar features to some Pokemon. I mean, there's some that look like a lot the Pokemon. Um, I mean, here's what to be do. fair, they were using like junior devs that like have no some that even have no dev experience at all. Uh, so could they have been looking at Pokemon models? Sure. There's there's reports that they kind of did AI stuff with Pokemon models previously. Is that in this game? We have no, um, we have nothing that says that they're in this game, right? Uh, and I think they have also come out and said that they that that they did not use AI for this or, or I, I whatever. The, yeah. I don't care about the yeah. AI thing personally, at least with this, but. Right. As far as the Pokemon stuff goes, like even even if like it is very indistinguishable, like Nintendo could just threaten a lawsuit, and then the Power World guys could just be like, "Okay, we're just going to replace it all," or you know, instead of instead of our instead of our Pikachu clone called uh, Rikachu, we'll just you know, make some other stupid electric rat <laughs> and not have it be yellow. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think also like if you're gonna say that. I think the issue is that the game, I mean, not issue, but the game plays nothing like Pokemon, right? Yeah. So that's that's something that Nintendo can't really go after them for because it's a yeah, survival they, game. It is not Pokemon. Yeah, they have right. they have a better shot of going. Hey, it's it's a it's a Tears of the Kingdom ripoff, or you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like yes, there's a lot more. I think if you want to say like Breath of the Wild, there's even uh, sounds that sound kind of like Zelda when. Uh, you use the the tablet or you know certain things when you build things yeah. um yes there's the pokeball yes there's pokemon creatures in there but they're really just a way to have workers you know um, well that's been done in other games too like you know yeah. monster hunter jade cocoon uh you know other stuff like that so it's not exactly like a new concept it's just I don't think that they're oh, gonna I mean, win a case. That's that's, that's case, why I don't. Yeah. Sega, who owns Persona, should be suing Pokemon for stealing for stealing the whole that whole ca- capture capture monsters thing. <laughs> well, and then also you know not to mention some of the Pokemon designs, uh, as have people have said before, and then Scott mentioned. I watched the um, latest episode of the. Uh, spectator mode podcast that outer haven does scott was on there uh with keith and getzillius and he mentioned that you know they use real world animals as as inspirations dragon quest monsters has also been around before pokemon uh well the dragon quest monsters themselves not not the game itself but uh that those take inspiration from those monsters as well like uh digimon exists like you know um so the thing is, a lot of these care, a lot of these creatures do look like the Pokemon, right? Right. Um, so, do they have a point? Maybe, but the thing is, it's like close enough where I don't think Nintendo can really go after them because they can almost claim like parody sometimes because like they have well, them working, they have them killing. You can kill the the pals in this. Well, it's all. It's all fun and games until Pal World introduces a story mode of Ash Ketchup instead. <laughs> yeah, I, did you see that they had the Pokemon mod and Nintendo did come for them? Nintendo yeah. immediately was like, yo, no, this is not happening. Right? right? But I mean, that's all they can do, right? If somebody does a mod of of uh, and puts Pokemon in the game, sure, you go after that, right? That's their intellectual property. But like to say that they own 
all Pokemon monster catching stuff. That's that's ridiculous. They can't do that. So I don't know. I think this is one of those where like, okay, you want to get mad about the AI crap, fine, whatever. But I don't think po- I don't think Nintendo has a case here as far as like trying to take them down. And again, like the fact that they have eight million people that bought this game, they they had I think like one point five million concurrence at one point. Like they they own the record. Uh, aside from PUBG, as far as like the most played game all at once on Steam, it's it's incredible. This thing's on Game Pass. We don't really know how many people are playing on Game Pass, but the the game's behind on Game Pass because Xbox keeps like denying their updates and things like that for some reason. And also because I think this is like uh, somebody at Xbox probably played the game and said, "Oh crap, this is going to be huge! Like, let's try to get this on Game Pass, like in the game preview thing." Uh, and yeah and, yeah, and like PlayStation doesn't have that, so that's why it's not on PS5. Yeah, but too, bad the, too bad the Xbox version also screwed up, so yeah, they have uh issues with it, and then also like you can only get like four people in a server, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, like you know, uh, Scott brings up that the, the guy who did Pokemon mod did the dub thing of putting it behind a paywall, making it even easier for Nintendo to go after them, yep, uh, like. Yo, if if you're gonna do the Pokemon mod, don't make people pay for something that's not yours. <laughs> like, that's pretty. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty normal there. Don't do that. Like, um, that's like charging. Well, I mean, even if they've done them for free, like you know the the Metroid one or some other fan games, like Nintendo's taking them down. But yeah, AM2, AM2R. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Like, I think I downloaded that one point. I have no idea where it is. Now, I but, I still got it. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, they, 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 it's it's so popular that they introduced a roadmap for it, uh, and they do have improvements. I mean, obviously they're trying to fix bugs and things like that. But like, they're gonna do PvP with the pals, so I guess you'll get Pokemon battling, which they have in this game. But it's it's not the same. It's not the turn based thing that you do in Pokemon. It's like all kind of automated, uh, sort of. Um, and and you can even beat up the Pokemon the the pals yourself, right? To to get them weak enough to catch them or, or whatever because really you're, the purpose again is to like have a bunch of them so they can go build your factory or help you with watering plants or whatever you know it's not it's not to go and they do have like a team rocket kind of group in this game that will go and raid you and things like that and they have instant bosses and towers and things like that but a large part of the game is also like the survival craft part so you know yeah. Uh, they are going to introduce crossplay at some points. Uh, they're going to let you do server transfers, which that's been a problem too, where people get into a server and then they want to get into another server and then they can't. Uh, new islands, things like that. Um, new pals. This game's already big as it is. Um, so, yeah, it's cool that this game that seems like they only spent like well, I think six point five million on it uh, made it rather quickly and it's doing well um, and. You know, let's. I don't know if this does anything for the game industry as far as like shows them, hey, you can make things without these overbloated budgets. Uh, but I, I get it. Like, I get also why the creatives are upset, right? Because so many people spend so much time making these games, and then you have a game that's like this and it does so well. Um, uh, last thing, I guess, unless you have something else you want to discuss, uh, Sony announced the Until Dawn movie. And then also we're getting rumors this week that there's Until Dawn's getting remastered on PS5 and then going to get put on PC as well. Uh, 
Yeah. And then Horizon uh, Forbidden West got a release date March 21st for their PC version. Yep. Uh, you, I hope, uh, would you want to play Until Dawn again? I didn't actually play the fir- I didn't play much of it the first time. Uh, I hope that they do bring it to PS5 like it has online co-op because that might be something that can play at the ends, I assume. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I still actually have a copy of it. Quite sure. Uh, but yeah, that, that seemed good. You know, of those types of games, it was the best one because they actually had online co-op or good online co-op. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they're bringing that over to PS5 and also PC. Uh, agree with you. Having a co-op would be really cool. Um, I, mean, I really I, enjoyed I joke, that game. So I joked yeah. to you though when they announced it, or you're talking about it, like the nude mods to that Until Dawn game are going to be pretty pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that that will be something that they're going to put in there really fast. No, they won't. Yeah, that that'll be like day one, as long, like with that. Uh, oh, not Detroit. What was the other one? Quantic Dream. Well, they did it for uh, Seven Remake as well. You know, somebody oh, yeah. did a mod for that. Um, did you did you see the the response from Harada? Of you know, of course, every time there's been a at least with Seven and now Eight, there's been a oh, we want Tifa to be in Tekken, and his response wasn't like oh yeah, she'd be a cool character. Be like. We know she's attractive, but we haven't announced anything about Tekken 8 DLC. And it's like, really? This is what we're focusing on? Yeah. <sighs> I, I love that he just like, basically, he knows what people want in her in the game. And he has uh, Forget no Tifa, chill man. about saying that. Get, get yeah. shit in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be cool if Tifa did wind up in the game or whatever. Um but actually, I could see them. I could see them more likely bring like even Clive or something than Tifa just to just a mess of people. Uh, yeah. But well, see, didn't they? They had knocked in it, right? Yeah, he was in before. Yeah, second seven. Yeah. So and he was yeah, weird could, because like, I mean, Tek- Tekken is not like a weapon fighter, you know, like Soul Calibur. So right. Had a sword, and he could do like teleport moves. <laughs> so like, okay, uh, this is awkward. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, since since Knock has the president, I guess they could put Clive in there. But yeah, if you're gonna use somebody that that you know she doesn't Tifa doesn't use uh, weapons like that. She has the gloves and all that. But I mean, that's more of of like Tekken. So yeah, a- at least it's a one to one like comparison. It makes sense to have her in there. You know, if they were gonna do that, no, I just have Barrett and you're gonna start chain gunning people down with his arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so anything else you want to talk about uh, here? We... we should talk about this for a second because we talked about last week and then the big news broke that uh, the Doctor Who companion's already gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's um, crazy that uh, we just talked. I mean, obviously we're late to it. We yeah. just talked about the specials and then Millie Gibson didn't even last like, until the they do their new like, episodes. Yeah, the weekend, yeah. <laughs> And there are different so, reports like why. I mean, I'm, I don't want to get into that because it's a lot of conjecture. And yeah, a lot of people going like, oh, you know, Martha Jones only lasted a season or Donna Noble lasted a season. I mean, initially. But it's like, yeah, but like they weren't primed as like the new, you know, like long companion. Yeah, she was supposed to be, exactly. She was supposed to be the next Rose or, yeah, uh, you know, like she is supposed to be that companion that's going to be with him the entire time. Right. And the fact that, like, wow, she didn't even last, like, the whole, even past season one is crazy. Um, yeah. 
that show has like a weird companion problem because you know like think about like the i don't know i want the old show you used to watch but you know sarah jane lasted almost like a damn decade on that show or you know she went through like multiple doctors or you know some of the other ones too like they lasted a long time and i think the longest one as far as like new doctor who goes is like amy pond because she was like Mm -hmm. two and a half seasons So it's like, what's what's going on? <laughs> or you know, like, I think I wonder if also like the the new companions kind of. Uh, well, um, didn't the ones with um, Joey I mean, stay? Yeah, they stay. Uh, yeah, okay. the one. Well, uh, Yas Yasmin did. Uh, right. Yeah, she was all. I guess yeah, she was three seasons or two, two and a half. I mean, but but I I mean you you have a point though. Like most of them, it it feels like they kind of just get. They feel like they, I mean, uh, Jenna Coleman kind of has a point. Like she might be like above uh, Doctor Who, like you know. Um, so like she probably kind of was just like, I don't know if I want to just keep doing this. Um, I wanted to go on to other roles, perhaps. But yeah, it is. It is kind of weird. That, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. That I don't want to get into the conjecture of like what, right? Why yeah. she left? We don't really know for sure until she says anything or somebody definitively says something. Uh, you know, season one hasn't even aired. season one with the uh, shooty got what hasn't even aired yet. So, let's, right, let's yeah, not even, but that's that's like, the more crazy part. Like, if this broke like after a few episodes happened, that that'd be kind of, I guess, fine. But the fact this happened before like the season even started, <laughs> did they say like there's no way they can repair the damage or just well, she's gonna be in a few episodes in season two, that's kind of the rumor, and then. Yeah, she gets dropped for the new woman. <laughs> okay. But who knows? They could kind of just do away with all that, I think, relating to as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, they certainly could do that. Um, yeah. So, all right. Uh, I guess if if that's it, we have... Um, I don't really feel like talking about the WWE Netflix thing. Uh, or I'm the sure other terrible they're, story. They're still real pumped about that story that it broke like two days after. No, no, <laughs> I, I do not want to talk about that. Right. That is Vince McMahon and his problems. That's his issue. Like, uh, I'm so glad I don't follow a wrestling like that anymore because, oh my God, we would have had to talk about that on the podcast at nauseum. Oh God. Um, this focus on AEW and how Tony Storm is the best. <laughs> I guess AEW is fine. It's just. I get too much WCW 2000 vibes from that company, and it's—I don't—I can't really watch it that much. Um, I—I'm gonna watch the Royal Rumble probably like later on Sunday or yeah. Monday, uh, and then that will be probably my ticket into like following it at least into WrestleMania. Uh, right. I dropped off really quickly. I, I thought I was gonna keep watching it all the time after CM Punk came back, and I went right back to not watching it all the time. But um. Yeah, so looking at the uh, upcoming games here that we we have, uh, like I said, we already know that uh, the two big ones that came out today, Tekken 8 and Lack of Dragon Infinite Wealth, I'm sure many of you are playing one, if not both, of those games. Uh, don't blame you. They're two long-standing franchises that are uh, both great uh, for their own reasons. Uh, you get the um, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, which I don't know if Scott's still watching or not. He has a review. Uh, that if it's not posted now, we'll be up soon for the Outer Haven. So you can go uh, check that out. Um, yeah, I know you like the demo as well. So uh, yep. yes, Scott Scott did say yes, he does uh, have the review up. So um, you can go check that out. I'll put a link 
probably in the description if it's there. Um, so yes, uh, there's also that. So you got three big games basically releasing pretty quickly, and then you get a fourth big game with Persona 3 Reload, which both of us are excited to to play and everything um as well. So man, the games are gonna be coming quick and fast here, as far as you're gonna have we're gonna go from Okay, we have Prince of Persia Lost Crown, then then Power World. Now we're gonna get a deluge uh, of games here pretty quickly. So uh, get ready for that, uh, yeah, folks. You will have plenty. If the games, that, if the big games that are out there right now are not uh, pushing you towards anything, uh, I think you'll definitely like what what we're gonna get in in the meantime. Um, yeah. I don't. I've been looking because I'm writing an article of like the kind of the lower tier, or I guess, indie games that are coming for February. Um, also, Suicide Squad because the Justice League comes out that same day as Persona Three. Um, which, yeah, I wonder uh, which one is going to be is going to be. Yeah, good. I, there's people that are excited for that game. Let's not like totally damper on it. But my point was, I, I guess, with all this is that my God, everybody decided to release their game between like february 20th and february 23rd when i'm looking at like the indies and i'm like why why are you doing this you're just like shoving everything in one week i know you wanted to go ahead yeah they have to get away from uh final fantasy 7 (laughs) yeah yeah i know i know everything's trying to get away from rebirth but my god like it's not a little bit more you know um so yeah, there's a lot coming in February. Get ready. You're gonna have you're gonna have stuff. So I'm excited to be able to talk about all that. Um, we'll be back next week, hopefully. Um, yes, uh sis, you know, Scott says that uh yeah, everybody decided to release their RPGs in February. Um, still crazy that Sega decided to release their their two big RPG franchises a week for a week from each other. It's absolutely crazy, but yeah. Um we will get into Persona 3 Reload and some whatever else is going on in More Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth and whatever else is going on in games uh, next week. Until then, see you later, everybody. Later.